1: What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Joined always by my man Lucas Caser. And you are tuned into the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids. Leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast. And follow us on IG at fantasy football underscore TCK Pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Happy Thursday. Welcome back to the program, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Sky and Lucas back with you. This is episode two. 15. We are gonna be breaking down our least favorite picks for rounds one through eight. if you've heard our episode on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, you know that we did our favorite picks for episodes one through eight on Tuesday and 9 through 16 uh, favorite pick in each round according to current ADP. We broke those down in depth, so make sure you recycle those episodes and get caught up to speed. today we are breaking down our least favorite picks which I had a lot of trouble with. We're going to check in with Lucas here in just a second. I had a lot of trouble kind of um, finding my least favorite player in each, each round because eventually people just start falling into value and things. So it was a little bit difficult, but I think it's important to kind of look through each round of the current ADP and say, if this guy falls in the mirror, it's between this one and this one, you start making decisions and talk through that. So I think that is important. So today we're going one through eight, Tomo- uh, not tomorrow, next Tuesday. We'll be doing um, nine through 16. So before we get into it, Lucas, how you feeling, man? Happy Thursday. And uh, did you have trouble, too, while you were rallying this up here with uh, your least favorite picks per round?
0: Yeah, I think it's tough because it's early and we haven't had training camp. So, like, really, I don't take ADP into much account. Um, primarily, one, because I do – I'm well, I'm done doing dynasty startups, but that's what I've been doing in terms of, like, ADP evaluation, you could say. And I always say there is no ADP in dynasty leagues because there isn't people just do whatever they want. That's, that's how dynasty works. And, but I think with a redraft, you see it every year, there's always the post training camp swing of ADP. Um, the, all the Roto world blurbs come out that player X is looking good with backup quarterback or what the, the dumb, the dumb ones that don't ever mean anything. Um, so yeah, it's tough because I really think a lot of these will switch around come two months from now. So take these with what you will. I'd say focus more on the player itself and not the current ADP in our evaluations.
1: Yep I totally agree with you because there were a lot of these guys that I was you know a lot of these I actually like the player but they're going too high in drafts so that's why I faded them or I actually like the draft position-ish but like overall I don't like the player's situation so you're right you got to kind of take a A grain of salt approach here. So, all right, man, well, let's get into it. Any further ado, uh, I'll let you kick off again. Um, First round. So, what I did last time is I'm going to just blaze through all the names in each round quickly, just to give the listeners a view of who we're actually considering in this particular round. And then, Lucas, I'll let you kick it off and then I'll follow up with it. So, round one, and this is current ADP. Uh, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. Uh, now, again, this could change a spot or two in the next week or whatever, definitely by August when we maybe do this again. But uh, currently, if you're drafting now, there are early drafts, which I don't recommend. But if you're drafting now, this is what you're looking at. So let's uh, let's get into it. First round, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Henry, Dalvin Cook at seven all of a sudden. Uh, Joe Mixon, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Kenyon Drake, and josh jacobs in the first round who of the uh the top of the food chain who were you cutting off in the first round
0: yeah this one's pretty simple to me the 109 deandre hopkins um i i screwed up by not pulling up the article to get the real data uh rich rebar there's a ton of wide receiver switching teams in year one articles but rich rebar i think did a really good job on sharp football analysis like actually breaking down in terms of, like, a weighted sample. So he took down the top 24. So he switch teams. So that's out of the way. But then you're coming into that year, top 24 in ADP. Clearly, uh, at the position, wide is your position. Clearly, DeAndre Hopkins is in the top 24. I didn't take down the first-year numbers, but I do have the year two numbers for Odell, and it's not good. Out of the sample, um, so this isn't, like, direct data to this year, but it still foreshadows how bad the situation, the situation is. So there's 15 receivers in the – in year two of their new offense in the top 24 for them didn't record a stat just due to whatever situation. I don't know the exact situation. There's a, there's a true 11 in the sample, the average dip in fantasy points per game uh, from those 11, 26% dip. That's that's in year two of the offense. Year one's a little different because there's the whole force feeding the ball to them aspect and most of the time that doesn't really work out. Obviously, there's cases where it does go up. So I'm not saying don't fit draft Hopkins, but I'm saying don't draft him in the first round because primarily don't draft him ahead of Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. I mean, like, I don't know. He's like – he's just a last-tier guy for me. And I think it's in that top guy. So I just think it's, it's way too early, especially because you're taking him over guys like Chubb, Drake, Jacobs. I would even take Sanders over him, Austin Eckler. I'd probably take Aaron Jones over him. So I think it's just way, way too early for a guy that's switching teams. Um, and especially compared to the receivers going behind him as of now.
1: Actually, I 100% agree. Um, we mentioned this in the last two episodes and I'll keep saying it because I think it's, it's, it matters for what we do. Uh, we did not share our players before this um, to see if we're on the same page. And actually I picked Nuke as well. Uh, all the running backs, of course, I would love to have. Michael Thomas is automatic. I went back and forth with Nuke and Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill's got, you know, the only consideration you're thinking with Tyreek Hill is injury, but I think it was kind of fluke last year. I think he'll be fine. And Nuke Hopkins, I totally agree with you. Now, we're fading a first-round player, so there's not much negative to say about Nuke. He's a fucking animal. If I end up with him, if I'm at the 12th spot or the 11th spot and he falls to me, best believe he's going to be one of my picks on the turn, no question about it. But uh, with Tyreek Hill going behind him, Devontae Adams going behind him as well, maybe even Julio Jones in redraft with new changing teams, it is something to consider for me as well. Um, you know, he has been a monster. He's played with 10 different quarterbacks since 2013 when he got drafted. His last three seasons in Houston, he caught over 100 balls in two of them, he was over 1,000 yards, he got 31 total touchdowns. There is definitely a world where he just catches 100 and, you know, 130 passes for you know 1,500 yards and, and 15 touchdowns. I mean, no problem in this offense. But I don't think it happens this year. That's the big fate is because mm-hmm. they are changing teams. We have a limited offseason, of course, because of COVID and all this. New scheme, new quarterback, all this shit. In Dynasty, Nuke is borderline number one for me, to be honest with you, because of what I think the outlook of the next five years is going to be. As a receiver but in redraft michael thomas tyreek hill Devonte adams julio jones all those guys are going to be ahead of him maybe even chris godwin as well in redraft for me so in the first round he would be the guy that i would be fading as well i agree there all right let's get into the second round man coming around the turn as i mentioned Devonte adams nick chubb julio jones miles sanders patty mahomes chris godwin austin eckler aaron jones ceh lamar jackson Travis Kelsey and Todd Gurley in the second round. it's both the quarterbacks.
0: I like don't like don't don't take them in round two. And I, I prefaced the whole um, the chart that on podcast you couldn't see the screen. I made the cool the cool motion of the graph with my arm. Uh, so basically it was they charted the in the last ten years, the quarterback like uh, total points from like QB one or points per game, from QB one to QB, I think it was like thirty. Yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter the graph virtually stayed pretty equal. Like, it didn't change much, whereas the tight ends, what they were comparing it to, because of the whole late-round tight end, QB dilemma, it dropped off dramatically. So basically what I'm saying is, like, I love Lamar, I love Mahomes, but Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, probably Matt Ryan, probably Josh Allen, finished two points less than them in a point-per-game sample. So just don't hurt your chances of – building an elite foundation of top-tier players by taking your quarterback when you can go get Josh Allen. and uh, I mean, in, the, in this draft right here, in the – if I can pull it up here, the ninth round. Like, don't, don't hurt your chances and take him seven rounds later.
1: Yeah, I, I am less opposed to these two particular quarterbacks uh, early in drafts. I do think the second round is early. But just like Kelsey and Kittle, if you're somebody that wants to do that and just secure the position, and then you want to draft the rest of the way without having to worry about a onesie position, by all means, this is these are the guys you should be targeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm with you. Um, very quickly, if Lamar and/or Patrick Mahomes are in the third round, does your does your theory change?
0: I mean, I wouldn't go Mahomes because I think. If you're, if you're doing this strategy, it has to be someone that can put up a season like Lamar did last year. Obviously, Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns or whatever, but, like, in reality, that wasn't – that's not possible again, right? Like, like it's – the record is 55, and the record before that was 54, and then besides that, it was, like, 42. Like, so, like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I mean, okay, Lamar can't throw 50 touchdowns. Mahomes, again, we saw just a complete efficiency dip from this team last year, and they won the Super Bowl like cuz if they you can't repeat that efficiency and I don't see any other team doing that so maybe lamar but in reality like he was a beast 21 8 points per game the touchdown rate is going to dip probably putting him at like 23 24 which is still like huge positional advantage obviously but like in reality to you passing on for example mahomes you're you're getting Austin, you pass on Austin Eckler as an next running back to get Le'Veon Bell at the next pick when you could have gotten Juju, Odell, Adam Thielen. Like, so it's definitely just, you got to be good at drafting. I guess is what I'm going to say. Like, you got to be confident you can build a team with taking a quarterback early, which is tough to do.
1: Yeah, and I've been, I've, I've done that a couple times in mocks because I love both Mahomes and Jackson. How can you not? So I've done it a couple times in mocks. And, you know, you end up with a good third rounder, a good fourth rounder, a good fifth rounder. So you're top heavy. But once you get to the bottom rounds where you're looking for depth and stuff, it can get tricky. So it's not impossible to do. Um, My biggest concern is that, you know, if you go early QBs and your guy gets hurt, you can be pretty fucked. Whereas you just Mm -hmm. go running back, receiver, those guys could get hurt too. But there's easier way to to pick up a quarterback than it is instead of running back or wide receiver. So I'm with you there. All right. So you're basically fading both of the quarterbacks in the second round. I'm going to go with Todd Gurley, and this is a caveat, and I'll say this a couple of times for the first few rounds because it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, dislike the uh, top of the food chain here. But with Todd Gurley, I actually – it's kind of funny. I'm actually about Todd Gurley this year in, like, the fourth round, though. I think that's a more yeah. appropriate zone for him in redraft. If I get Todd Gurley in the fourth round, even the back of the third – and I need a running back uh, one or two, like I'm jumping all over that every single time. In the second round, though, I think that's too rich. Um, Again, he's changing teams, too. Running backs have a much easier time changing teams than receivers do, for sure. But Todd Gurley, we saw last year, he still came down. He was still a top-end running back because he got double-digit touchdowns once again. Could he do that in Atlanta? 100%. That offense has actually been very, very productive over the last handful of seasons. They basically averaged 1,300-plus rushing yards as a team uh, on the ground and about 10 touchdowns as well per season. If Todd Gurley gets those numbers, he's going to be top 12 again, and that's great. I don't know that he's going to hold up for a whole season. I'm not as concerned about the arthritis destroying his career yet. He's still only like 25 years old, which is stupid. Um, so I, I think it's a – you know, I like Todd Gurley in general. Second round, too rich for me. Um, and I do think that – there's going to be some change of pace there one way or another uh, with this offense. So I think Todd Gurley's going to have a great season. I think he's actually a value in most leagues in the fourth round. Um, but in the second round is just too much for me. So I do like the player. Don't like the situation. Let's get into the third round here. Third round, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Kittle, Thielen, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Odell, James Connor, Juju, and Chris Carson. So, I think people know my obvious answer.
0: Um, it's, it's Odell, obviously. I'm not going to harp on why again because I had my rant during wide receiver rankings. Um, but I think a thing that we're going to see, and I've been noticing a lot lately, is we're not going to get running back values later in draft. Because if – I mean, I know I'm more on Twitter than you are. The, the running back early strategy is taking off and it's only June. So, like, I'm not saying
1: – Yeah, it's going to be crazy.
0: So – like, I think people – like, I'm just saying this now. You're not going to get good value at running back unless you kind of throw away the – I don't know. Like, a month ago, I would have been, like, heck no to Le'Veon Bell in the third round, to David Johnson in the third round. But, like, we're going to have to this year. Like, if if, if you want to work horsebacks backs, and we'll probably get into it. That might open up the door for zero running back strategy, et cetera. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts saying that, like, it's a viable strategy as it is, but I think now it might actually open up the door come August with ADP actually looks like. So we'll, we'll get into that obviously as they get closer to the season. So I'm going to say Odell and I I'm really going to say no running backs. If that's my, if that's a good answer. Cause I think, like I just said, you're going to have to pay up for these questionable workhorse backs. Some have injury concerns, uh, James Connor, Chris Carson, you could say Melvin Gordon does, you could say David Johnson does. So I just think there's not going to be a sweet spot like there was a month ago. I agree with you.
1: And, you know, I mean, mean, you and I have gone back and forth with Odell, so I'm not going to talk about him in general, the, the uh, zero RB strategy, I've been mocking more and more just to see what happens because every mock, you're right, man, every mock, especially with folks that do it the way that you and I do it. I mean, it's like the first three rounds are running backs with maybe the top five receivers, Kelsey and Kittle, probably the two quarterbacks. That's the first three rounds. It's fucking insane, dude. So you're right. I mean, mm-hmm. guys like David Johnson, who I think is way too high in the third round. Le'Veon Bell is my actual pick. And just like you've gone off on uh, Odell constantly on the podcast, I've gone off on Le'Veon Bell. There's not much to say. The Jets are not the right fit for his running style, period. I think he's still got shit in the tank. If Le'Veon Bell was, went to the Falcons instead of Todd Gurley, I would be probably taking Le'Veon Bell potentially in the second round. Uh, with the, with the situation, the Jets' offensive line, yes, it quote unquote got better, still not great. I don't like him with Adam Gase. His running style is terrible behind a rough uh, offensive line. They don't have enough passing weapons and scheme right now to bring back the secondary. He's not going to score enough touchdowns to be relevant. Volume, yes, he will get it done with volume. I get all that, but I don't. I'm not drafting for you know running back twelve upside in the third round. In the third round, mm-hmm. I'm drafting somebody who could be top ten minimum season. Then the RB12, Le'Veon Bell. I think best case scenario is the RB12, probably RB like 17 to 15, and I can go get that in the fifth round, sixth round, seventh. Yeah, round.
0: and and that's that's the problem. Like now, like that we're seeing because we were taking Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson like smash every time in the fifth round because you're like at worst you have your flex spot, but that's gone. Like that's virtually erased. So like. I, you have to make a decision that if you're going you, – you have to make a decision, like, are you going running back, running back, and then not taking one until round seven? Or are you just not fading, but you're just being smarter in reality? Because, like, the volume is there, yeah, that's inefficient, but, like, it's not getting any worse from last year. I think that's one thing people just like. – like Leonard Fournette, people are going to say he's a bad pick all year because his targets are going to go down. But it's not like his rushing work's going away and is chris chris thompson the guy who hasn't played a full season in 5 years really going to take away that much target so like it's it's not good i guess for like for just for a glimpse at the draft board it's definitely going to be a lot more strategy this year than i think has been
1: involved in the past yeah i agree with you and and so i do i do actually i'm starting again this is june we have we have you know 2 weeks left of june we've got all of july we've got all of august for mock drafts Shit always fluctuates yeah, this time of year. Sure. And like I'm, I'm not really holding salt to any of this, but it is important. That's why it's so important to mock draft in general. You know, you mock and you mock and you mock and you mock and you, and you start to realize that certain players, certain positions, certain tiers have their, have their position within a mock draft, no matter who you play with. Then when you get into a home league or you're going with coworkers when the fucking boss throws the league around, you know, when the season comes up or you got school buddies or college or whatever – and you just got a bunch of homies who are doing it just to do it. You actually know what you're doing, and you realize that you could pass on this guy because no one's going to fucking pick him and you can get him later, or you have to grab him now because he's not going to be there when you get back. So mock drafts are important in general. And so I think you and I are going to go with, with easy fades each. Uh, I know that you like Le'Veon Bell more than I do. I like Odell more than
0: you yeah, do. That's not like uh, I like but, either of them, I guess, but it's, well, yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's gross, I guess,
1: either way, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are our two fades, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Odell. And, again, a lot of this conversation, we say it all the time on the podcast, it's less about the player usually, and it's the situation. Le'Veon Bell's on a different team. I probably like him. I would maybe almost take a hunch that if if Odell ended up on the – or, well, I guess Patriots is a bad example – you know, went to the Packers or he ended up being a, a big high profile, went to the Eagles or something like that this year, you might feel differently about him in a situation. Um, so it's just, again, it's taking the whole, the whole umbrella approach here on this. So Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham are in the third round. Let's get into the fourth here. Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cooper back to uh, back here. Amari Cup, Allen Robinson, who I think frankly is a steal in the fourth round. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley, David Montgomery, DJ Moore, Devin Singletary, Robert Woods, Mark Ingram, AJ Brown, and Raheem Mostert in the fourth round.
0: Yeah, mine is the 412. It's Raheem Mostert. And th- this is one where I'm fading the situation as a whole, not Mostert, because obviously he's a very good, efficient running back. But uh, in, the, in the draft guide, you'll see I'm doing like teammate battles, you could say, per if you want to call them that. Uh, on my Twitter, I did one with the Steelers receivers, kind of breaking down, like, what actually happened last year and maybe where you can find situational spots um, in your in your draft. Um, I'm kind of taking the whole, like, I'm prepping draft strategy more so than, like, prepping players this year because, like I said, I think that's going to be well more important than, than just saying, draft this guy, don't draft this guy. So, basically, what the study I found with the Niners running backs, um, obviously, Breed is gone. Raheem Mostert didn't start a single game, not even in the playoffs last year.
1: Stupid. Dumb.
0: If you took, week by week, the highest um, scoring running back in each backfield, or in each backfield, in that backfield per week, Mostert had six weeks, Coleman had six weeks, Breda had two, and Wilson had one or two. And you're also adding in McKinnon, who they're not going to keep him on the bench on the contract he's on. So, to me, it's just a fade situation because like I said, in the past, I've been all over it in the seventh, eighth round. But that's not going to happen because he's going in the fourth round because James Conner is going in the third round because Todd Gurley is going in the second round. So, like, it's it sucks because that's the reality of it because he would be a perfect zero RB candidate in the fifth, sixth round because, like, like, I don't care if he doesn't start. But I do care if he's my RB two that doesn't start when my receivers aren't as stacked if you say I went zero RB. So, I think I'm just going to fade – Fade the ADP in the situation of the team he's in. Um, and credit to, to Shanahan because that, that's how you win football games, obviously, right? You have four different running backs that you can't game plan for, and you put them in the situation they should be at. But for fantasy, obviously, it's a pain in the butt when Jeff Wilson's scoring three touchdowns a game on two carries somehow. So, yeah, I'm just going to fade. he's <laughs> my dog. That's I, my dog. I'm probably going to take Coleman, actually, the later ADP, uh, on the chance that Mostert gets hurt or Coleman actually is the starter like he was last year. So, yeah, it's take just
1: not a – well, not not by choice, but if I have to, I guess I'll take him later. What Lucas is trying to say, folks, is draft draft Jeff Wilson in the 17th round and when everybody in your draft room goes,
0: who that?" Yeah, and he scores five touchdowns. Like,
1: oh, oh, it's – yeah, oh, it's this year's Raheem Mostert, so no big deal. Yeah. Jeff Wilson's the truth, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm standing on that one. All right, man, I'm going to go with Devin Singletary again this year or last year, this time I was praising him as a rookie, super pumped on him. I still think he's a phenomenal young talent. I think he's great. I'm all about the five, seven running backs. I mean, you know, I'm giving him respect, but as we've mentioned on the last podcast, we're all about Zach Moss too. Um, I don't know that this is an offense where both of them can eat enough to have Devin Singletary be a fourth rounder. Again, I'm looking for consistent RB, I mean, what, 15, I'd say, floor. And then, you know, top 10 abilities weekly. Devin Singletary is extremely talented. He's going to get the work. He's the passing downs guy. I think he'll be fine. Um, but I really do believe, and I think you do too, Zach Moss is going to eat. He's a younger, fresh, stronger, faster version of Frank Gore at this point. And frankly, I think that's what's going to happen. I saw a stat on Twitter, I don't have it in front of me, I'm just thinking about it right now, um, where Josh Allen, I think five of Josh Allen's nine rushing touchdowns last year came inside the five-yard line after Frank Gore got one or two carries on the goal line and couldn't score for whatever reason. So they gave it to, they gave it to Frank Gore, couldn't score, gave it to Gore again, couldn't score, Bootleg with, uh with Josh Allen and he made it happen. Zach Moss, I think, plugs in maybe three or four of those opportunities. Less for Josh Allen, less for Devin Singletary, more for Moss. I just think this is a classic example. Again, great NFL move. I think the Bills are, are really kind of an, an upstart, you know, kind of a, a growing franchise in the league in general. For fantasy, though, I just think that Singletary and, and Moss are going to kind of eat each other, unfortunately. So in the fourth round, I'd, I'd personally – it is expensive, but I'm a Niner homer. I'd rather go Mostert over, over Singletary. Ingram for sure. DeMont, Jonathan Taylor on the, on the whim that he gets a chance in, in week four. All those guys I'm picking. And as we mentioned last podcast, the, the value of receivers in the fourth round is, is obnoxious. So I'm probably not even picking a running back anyway. But Devin Singletary of this group takes a fade for me. Okay, let's jump into the fifth round here. Uh, Before we get into it, I do want to take a a, a small intermission, and I want to rep the uh, draft guide. Lucas and I have been hard behind the scenes. You guys have heard us talk about this in Nauseam. We only have two more weeks to do it, so (laughs) bear with us. But for anybody now tuning into YouTube, now tuning into the podcast, first time, maybe you're a new listener this time of year, we do have a draft guide coming out July 6th. Uh, We have put the link to the draft guide submission form in the show notes. So make sure that you check that out and you can sign up through there. We have a couple of different packages that you're welcome to check out and purchase, and we will get you uh, logged into that come July 6th. Um, And we're very excited about it. We've got a lot of work. We've got some contributors outside of the two of us that have participated as well. So we'll be giving them shout outs in due time. So a lot of great energy, a lot of good uh, momentum. So if you like what we bring here on the podcast, you're going to love, the written version of it coming up in the draft guide. So make sure you please stay tuned, make sure you pre-order right now, pause the video, make sure you go down to the show notes, click the link, fill it out. It literally will take you 30 seconds. It's a couple bullet points, fill it out. Give us your email address. Boom. We will send you access to the draft guide come July 6th. TCK potters hang on tough to the TCK pod listener league as well. More information coming after the draft guide drops. That's our quick commercial. Let's get into the fifth round here. Mark Andrews, D.K. Metcalf, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, Kyler Murray, Kareem Hunt, Zach Ertz, Tyler Lockett, Stephon Diggs, Cam Akers, and Debo Samuel. Yeah,
0: I think Mark Andrews is probably my pick, but I already kind of harped on him in the tight end rankings. Uh, So I'm going to go T.Y. here. I I don't know why he's here. I think it's another situation where – no offense to Odell, but Odell is going to be up in the third round for the next – five years after he doesn't produce for the next five years. Same with T.Y. Like, I love T.Y. He's definitely a game changer when he's healthy, but the key word there is when. And he's like, a 50% chance of re-injury from sports injury predictor projected to miss, like, two games. So, it's just weird that he's going this high. Obviously, I stated that I'm not a huge fan of the calculator ADP because, in reality, it's not the most accurate. Um, I don't know where they pull it from. But, yeah, I don't – it's not realistic for him to go ahead of Keenan Allen Tyler Lockett, Stephon Diggs, DJ char, Terry McLaurin. So this is just an outlier, but I'm just going to say him for the case of the video.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And honestly, you know, the reason I'm using – the reason I'm using the uh, fantasy football calculator as our general source is, again, we could use anything. We could use fucking ESPN, Yahoo, Sleeper, whatever. But the reality is every one of them is different. Um, yeah. The CBS – this, the the CBS you know fantasy football today, who's a great podcast. I recommend you guys listen to them if you'd like. Um, they're 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 fantastic over there. Um, Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath are are excellent. I listen to them all the time. They actually have been doing some mock draft recaps. And CBS Sports runs their own league <laughs> and has ADPs, and these guys use fantasy football calculator because. It's what I think most of the public uses as a generic site. If you use ESPN's ADP, you get ESPN users only. If you use Yahoo, Sleeper, CBS, you only get those users' ADP. Fantasy Football Calculator is kind of a collection of all the different sites that mashes it up. So, yeah, some players like T.Y. Hilton I think is way too high and won't be up here when it comes draft time, but he is right now. I think that's what's important to to acknowledge here. So, I'm with you. T.Y. Hilton right now is ranked – With ECR, that's the expert consensus ranking, as the wide receiver 24. So the experts in the industry have him as wide receiver 24. That's basically almost uh, obviously teetering on the edge of wide receiver uh, 2 and 3. I'm with you, man. I actually picked TY as well in this group. Um, I actually think there's a couple value picks, but we did that last episode, so I'll I'll save those here. But um, TY for me is the same thing. First of all, I've been praising – Michael Pittman Jr., I mentioned him on the last episode. He is my dog there for the Colts. I really, like, I'm not drafting T.Y., period, like value or not. I'm not drafting T.Y. this year. I will draft Michael Pittman in every single draft that I can scoop him in the 13th, 14th, 15th round every single time because I really believe that he will become the number one by maybe week six or eight, either by injury or just production. Also, the big thing is, you know – Philip Rivers coming over has really fed the underneath routes and then chucks three bombs a game. That's why Michael, Mike Williams has not been able to really actually explode yet, although he did have 1,000-yard seasons and double-digit touchdowns. But I think that T.Y. is going to be maybe less of a burner at this point in his career, maybe in the slots and stuff, which could help him out. But if he remains in the T.Y. role. I just don't want the consistency. He's been like Tyler Lockett. Over the last couple of years with Andrew Luck, especially where he's had incredible um, upside and consistency. He led the league with 1,400 receiving yards a few years ago. He has it in the tank. I just unfortunately feel like he's at the beginning of the end of Desha- Deshaun Jackson's career, where like you're still playing him in fantasy because you know the upside's there, the name is there, you know he's got the boom for 150 yards any game of the week or any game of the season. But I don't want to bank on four games where he has four receptions for 42 yards in, in the fifth round. That's just insane to me. So T.Y. Hilton is also um, also my pick here in, in, uh, in this round as well. Let's go into the sixth. DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin, Darren Waller, Dak Prescott, DeAndre Swift, Russell Wilson, A.J. Green, Marquise Brown, Devontae Parker, Darius Geist, Deshaun Watson, and Rob Gronkowski. Gronk like what like 6-12 like okay so the hold on hold on a 2nd one two, three, four, five, six, tight end off the board the, uh what a, I I get
0: that he could have a good season but if people were concerned about OJ Howard the much superior athletic tight end at this point in the season last year uh they were they were concerned about him last year because Bruce Arians does not produce tight ends and now Gronk's going to do that with OJ Howard there with Cameron Braith there, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Keyshawn Vaughn, Ronald Jones, Daria Ogamuwale, Scotty Miller. Uh, who else we got? Tyler Johnson,
1: a good defense. Devontae Freeman in a month or Yeah. Two.
0: Like I don't, I just don't get that. Like I don't, even if you're streaming tight ends, which you're not going to get Gronk if you're drafting him later, but I don't even feel comfortable coming out of the draft with Gronk as my streaming tight end. Like, uh, I don't know. It's but I guess whatever. He's there. AJ Green's also in like the six, uh, twelve, eleven, ten, not seven. I don't know. People, I don't know. People, people will learn. It's not how you win fantasy football leagues by hiding on name value. If you could have got AJ Green in the six last year, I would have said yeah because he was going to like the third last year when he was a, when he was a value in the third, but not anymore. Like it's not. It's not. There for AJ Green. Even if he comes back, T. Higgins is there now too. So it's just not
1: a good situation. Pretty similar to TY situation, I would say. All right. Well, I think this is where I'm going to disagree a little bit. And I think you're going to disagree with my pick as well. So I'll, I'll make my kind of rebuttal back to you. Uh I'm not drafting Gronk in the sixth round. I'm not drafting him probably at all. But I made the I made the case when we broke down tight ends that all Gronk needs to basically return value as the tight end six is what, I mean, 40 to 50 grabs, 500 yards, and 8 to 10 touchdowns because Tom Brady knows he's there. There's, I think there's a nice narrative coming out. I know your boy Cameron Brait's in the mix. Cameron brake might shoulder most of the load blocking these days. O.J. Howard could stretch the field. Maybe they play Gronk only, like, from the 30-yard line in. Right. So he's not getting, I mean, Gronk's just not going to get his 30, 40 yard breakaway bulldozer, fucking, you know, Vance McDonald, George Kittle touchdowns anymore. It's just not going to happen. But what he could do is run a fucking seven yard poster out every time they're in the red zone and catch a touchdown every time they're in the red zone. Yeah. I, I legit, like, just think it, that could happen. Like again, it, to me on a human level, to- Tom Brady and, and Rob Gronkowski have been doing this together for, for a decade. What makes you think, just because they're in a different team, that when 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 Tom's inside the 15 yard line and Gronk's out there, they have hand, hand motions, they have you know fucking eye contact, body language, whatever. They know what's happening. Gronk finds a seam. I just think Tom's gonna look his way first more often than not. Now, Tom's has, you know, obviously one of the best quarterbacks of all time, arguably the greatest. If he sees Gronk double-covered because it's Gronk, then he'll go elsewhere. But if he has that quick seam and he's able to get it to him right away, I just think that quick release is going to happen. So there's a world where Gronkowski actually does come back healthy after this, put the weight back on, and has a year off, and he's fresh, and he's enthusiastic, and he's pumped to play one more year with Tom. It would not shock me, dude, straight up, if, if Gronk is a, a top six tight end. It also wouldn't shock me if, A, gets injured, or, B, he just, like, isn't as involved, Bruce Arians gets a hold of him. Brady can't help it. And all of a sudden he's the tight end 15 because he doesn't get enough work. I'm with you. I'm not going to draft him, but that's the argument for Rob Gronkowski. On the other side with AJ Green, I just think I would give him one more chance this year. If I go two strong running backs and AJ Green is my wide receiver three or four in the sixth round, for me, if it's that, I don't want him as my wide receiver two, but if he's my wide receiver three or four at this point, you take the consistency, you take the upside with Burrow, you take the high-flying offense. He should be, quote-unquote, fully healthy with the year off as well. Last year, he's been a top 10 wide receiver every year. He's been healthy. I understand he's had the, the issues the last couple of years, but he's the same age as Julio Jones, right? And um, if he goes back healthy, I think it will be just fine. He's a prolific wide receiver when he's on the field. I love T. T Higgins. But A.J. Green over T. Higgins right now, I just don't <laughs> – that's not going to happen unless A.J. Green goes down. Tyler Boyd's got his own route. I mean, John Ross is just throwing bombs. So I would take another grip. If you listen to the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast, you had our boy Edwin come on and basically break down why you should not draft A.J. Green. And I think he's right. But, again, to play devil's advocate with Gronk and A.J. Green with injuries, I do think there's the potential that both these guys keep fading and fading and fading because people are scared. And I'll scoop them up in the, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth round just to take a chance knowing that I may have to just cut bait and I can draft otherwise. So that's my rebuttal there. My side is Darius guys. And it's pretty much the same argument that you have for Gronk and AJ green. I have the same argument, young, wide receiver, uh, young running back check Uber talented check. Uh, He was basically the other Saquon Barkley coming into the draft three years ago. Check. Has he shown me anything? No, he he's been Dalvin cook unfortunately so far without the season after the fact to blow shit up now Darius guys could he come back fully healthy after all this stuff Dalvin Cook did it we've seen other running backs do it we've also seen other running backs fade into oblivion after a couple years of trying unfortunately I want to give him the benefit of the doubt I'm rooting for the best for the guy I think he's closer to becoming a Dalvin Cook in that he gets his rookie year and his sophomore year just fucking destroyed in his in his third season he could come back healthy with, with the quad and the ACL and all that stuff, which we saw Dalvin Cook go down with, come back strong. And with seven running backs, he's not going to have to shoulder the load, which I think helps him. Maybe not for fantasy, but I think it helps him in the NFL, gets him strong and in pace. If Darius Geis becomes a full-blown, healthy, ready-to-go running back by even week six, and the Redskins ride Adrian Peterson um, and Antonio Gibson until then, and then all of a sudden Geis is ready and he takes over, you've got potentially, you know, a top 15 running back every single week in the sixth round, that's a steal. I don't know that I'm willing to pull the trigger on that, unfortunately, because I just – the three runs I've seen him do in the pros have been very impressive. <laughs> but it's been three runs, and I'm, I'm concerned about that. So I know that you feel a little bit better about him, but my same argument with yours, yours is Gronk and A.J. Green. They're both much older, so there's that argument as well. Mine is just lower body knee hamstring issues with running backs. I don't like that at all, but we saw Devonta Freeman bounce back. We saw Todd Gurley bounce back to a certain extent. We've seen uh, Dalvin Cook obviously bounce back. So it can happen, but I'm a little bit concerned. And in the sixth round, there's just other names on this list that I would rather grab.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I I think I like Geist because I have him in like every single one of my dynasty leagues because I got him for like a second round after he got – second round rookie pick after he got injured. And, yeah, I think the Cook's a good example because I think two years removed from his injury – we can have a little, a lot more – I think a lot more hope than what we've had the last couple attempts at playing uh, him, you could say. And really, like as much as it sounds bad, the Redskins situation sounds perfect. I think it is perfect because I think he he has shown for how bad the O-line is, how bad the game script is, how bad the team is that he can produce. And I think if he stays healthy for a full year, I think he'll definitely be a league, a league winner for sure um, because he's the type of guy that will – take Leonard Fournette's production from last year and actually turn it into an RB3, not an RB6, for having 300-some touches.
1: I dig it. I think that those guys are probably the three most risky picks in the top six rounds, um, outside of Dalvin Cook with his thing right now. But that'll be, that'll be shaked out by uh, uh, August. But I agree with you, man. So Gronk, A.J. Green, and Darius Geis are kind of our three-pack there in the sixth round. All right, man, two more rounds of this. Let's go to the seventh round here. Brandon Cooks, Damian Williams, Jarvis Landry, Sony Michelle, Evan Ingram, Keyshawn Vaughn, Hayden Hurst, Michael Gallup, J.K. Dobbins, and Matt Ryan, Tyler Higbee, and Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, this one's Damian Williams easily. Um, and I, I base this on the question that uh, after the Raiders drafted Josh Jacobs last year, was Jalen Richard still have hope of being a starter? Like, no, did DeAndre Washington have hope of being a starter? Like, they didn't draft they – did, they didn't go out there and not draft the three clear needs their team has that was shown last year and take a guy they did not need that was not the best player at the position. They did, they did it to flex on everyone else. So that's that's exactly what they did. And I, I know for a fact Allaire's not the most NFL-ready running back. I know he's not the best prospect in the class. I I, I feel pretty good that his 55 catches were – a component of the offense being good. But now he gets to go from Joe Burrow to if Joe Burrow hits one in a million odds and is really good, Patrick Mahomes. Like, so there's just no way that Damian Williams – I was going to say the, the the NFL version of Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, but, like, times 40, like, in for the rest of his career. So, like, I there's just no way Damian Williams is the starter. And I think what we're going to – people are like, well, he could still get some touches the first couple of weeks – and I go back to, remember the first time, the, the first year Andy Reid came over, the very first draft he got, like, the, the, he got a draft that season. He took Cream Hunt in the third round. And I don't remember, I think it was Spencer Ware was, like, this the chalked-in starter. Cream Hunt was going to be the off-pace guy. <coughs> Week one, Cream Hunt came out the starter. Spencer Ware sat on the bench, and Cream Hunt went for, like, 45 fantasy points and just tore it up against the Patriots. Why aren't we going to see that again with a guy that's a first-round pick versus a third-round pick? So, just – I get taking Damian Williams because he has a good handcuff. Seventh round, sure, I guess. Like, if that's where the running backs are falling. But he, he will never be startable this year in fantasy, like, ever. Yeah, it, no matter which way you look at it from draft capital opportunity, like, it's Clyde edwards It's his backfield to lose.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I actually picked Damian Williams as well. So, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll audible here for, for sake of discussion. My – my pick is Sonny Michelle here, um, and you may feel a little bit differently. I'm, I'm curious. We had a mock draft recently. You did pick Sonny Michelle, kind of out of necessity because you didn't get a running back early. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, basically, it comes down to, uh, man, the Patriots are going to be a question mark all season. And you know what? Maybe Sonny Michelle just is the guy that they're gonna fucking run into the ground with maybe his last year with uh, his health but he just looked bad on film last year Mm -hmm. as a rookie he played 13 games 200 attempts right he had just seven receptions so we'll just throw that out but he had 200 rushing attempts for 930 yards solid as a rookie six touchdowns he was great as a sophomore he played three more games he had almost 50 more touches and he had 20 less yards 3.7 3.7 yards per carry. I'm not a huge yard per carry kind of a guy, but it is a barometer. He didn't look fast. He didn't look quick. A lot of people kind of like give Jordan Howard shit because he's just a plotter, blah, 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 and you don't like him in PPR. Jordan Howard can get moving, and he's he's a good running back, and he can catch the ball. Um, I just don't think he gets enough, enough love. I am worried about Sonny Michel. I honestly think this could be – you know, he was a first-round pick for the the, for the Patriots so I think they feel obligated honestly to see what's going on but he had knee issues in high school college and in the pros he had a scope last year I just am not think I just think it's James White all day long Damian Harris who everyone forgot about as rookie last year out of Alabama is coming up as well he's awesome I was actually excited about him last year and he got hurt he was gone um James Devlin uh, who's the fullback that nobody knows outside of New England he retired um that's a huge deal for, for run-first teams, pro-style offenses that actually use a fullback, which there's very few these days in the NFL, need that fullback, a guy like Sonny Michelle, who doesn't have the passing chops, lives and dies by his fullback's productivity. When mm-hmm. James Devlin and Sonny Michelle have been on the field together, they have been very, very productive as an offense and a running, uh, running offense. When James Devlin's been hurt, actually late, James Devlin's gone, Jared Stidham, I think, is going to be checking down all day. They're going to be, I think, in like third and long pretty often with this offense in general. That's James White territory. Rex Burkhead is still around. I just don't see a world where where Sonny Michelle, right now he's the ECR running back 36, dude. That's, that's almost a running back four, and that's the pros ranking him. I've got him higher than that just out of respect as a starting running back in the NFL. But I, I don't see him outperforming – RB2 ever and he hasn't finished as a top 20 running back yet in his first two seasons and we saw his production actually go down with a, with a solid situation so Nikhil Harry's coming back I just don't I just don't see a situation where Sonny Michelle outperforms this ADP and frankly I just see it falling so I will not have any shares of Sonny Michelle except for maybe non-PPR which I just don't play um, he's young he should have some gas left in the tank just out of out of situation but i i have zero excitement for Sonny michelle at all uh am i off base here or do you feel the same
0: no i mean they uh they took him over lamar jackson and mark andrews and he hasn't been good so that's about all you need to know with <laughs> Sonny michelle like it's so bad like hmm. any other running back would be a beast behind that offensive line and this like Yes, James White takes away production, but, like, not really. Like, like he doesn't, like – he's not, like, hurting your role on the team, obviously, or else they wouldn't have drafted a first-round running back. So, um, yeah, no. I mean, like, if I get him in the eighth or ninth, like, yeah, I'm going to take him. But, like, the due to the running back rise, you're not going to get him there. So, I just, I would take James White, Damian Harris way later, especially because the whole injury thing. But that was, like – they said he might start – training camp on the pup so i think he's i think he's fine in terms of like starting week one but obviously
1: injuries stick around so he could definitely get re-injured yeah james white's going the next round we mentioned two episodes ago that we'll take james white in the eighth round james white in the eighth round in my opinion is a value sony michelle (laughs) in the seventh to me is a reach so i'll 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 leave it at that all right man last round here let's get into it eighth round wolf fuller ronald jones Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson, Marlon Mack, Alexander Madison, Drew Brees, Julian Edelman, Matt Breida, Jerry Judy, Hunter Henry, and James Boyd. Yeah,
0: it's Deontay Johnson because everyone is over the situation. They're not actually paying attention to what is actually there. Uh, another teammate battle this is the one I put on Twitter. So he – this is redraft. But in Dynasty, he's reaching like Debo Samuel territory in terms of ADP. Um, so I I broke down him versus James Washington last year because they were arguably the one and two because Juju was banged up. So James Washington outscored Deontay Johnson nine of the six weeks. He was behind him in points per game by a little under a point, but he outsnapped him on a snaps per game basis. James Washington outsnapped Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's touchdowns were 0.175 a game more, which they should be. He's an outside receiver. And Deontay Johnson had 6.5 yards per game less than James Washington while having 0.42 more targets per game. The only reason that this could swing back is because Washington played, like, 36% of his snaps from the slot, and Juju's moving back to the slot. But in reality, you're going to take, what, a a move-the-sticks guy for the Steelers in the eighth round that got outperformed by a guy that's going, like, 10 rounds later – or not 10 rounds later, but, like, he's going – well later than him. So I think people are just overvaluating the situation that Deontay Johnson's actually in. Um, and like I said, that's the point of these teammate battles because it's really breaking down like what actually happened. And what actually happened was James Washington outplayed Deontay Johnson. And you can make the argument that Deontay Johnson broke out at the end of the year. He outscored James Washington three out of the last four weeks, but out of the last nine weeks of the season, Washington outscored him per week, six out of three, six out of the nines so of six to three weeks. So I just don't – I don't get the hype with it. You're also putting him in a situation where he's never played at the quarterback before. He's going to be – I mean, in reality, to what Washington did last year, the fourth option in this team. And has there ever been a historical fourth option in the Steelers' offense? It's pretty self-centered between three options at best. So, it's got to be him, especially because he's going – what do you say Marvin yeah he's going and he's going ahead of Marvin Jones Julian Edelman I would take Judy over him I would take City Lamb over him I'd take Kirk over him I'd take Slayton over him I'd take Hartman I'd take Crowder I'd take Pittman like guys that are going to finish ahead of him easily because like he just wasn't he was good last year but he wasn't
1: what people think he actually is now, quick rebuttal on that too. Juju coming in the slot, whatever. I agree with you. We're both high on Juju. Big Ben. Let's say he's healthy for a full sixteen. That's a long shot. But we'll see what happens. What what kind of break are you going to give Deontay Johnson that he was playing with high school quarterbacks last year? I think in reality, like yes,
0: but then you have to give it to the whole team, if that makes sense. So like, if you're if you're saying he played with bad quarterbacks, but so did James Washington, and he still outperformed him. Kind of, but then like Juju played bad. So like, how much do you really take? I don't know. It's, it's a crappy situation. So like the way I look at it is like, just take what, you know, take Juju and James Conner and don't, don't mess with anything else. Cause like people be like, it's just an eighth round pick. But in reality, like this is probably your flex or, I mean, if you're smart, like we are Edelman or Marvin Jones is your flex. That's going to be your wide receiver two, possibly wide receiver one some weeks. So these picks do matter. And I would just say, I don't know. I think it's a, it's just a trap waiting to happen because really, like, he – I don't want to say he wasn't startable last year, but, like, he wasn't doing anything special for your team that you're like, oh, my gosh, i got to have him in my lineup again that Edelman, Marvin Jones, CeeDee Lamb can't do, Jerry Judy can't do. So, I think it's
1: just a little too high for me. Fair enough. I agree with you. I'm, I'm a little, little bit higher on Deontay Johnson. I just think that um, – I, I just think the talent – there and honestly i'm not even hating on on james washington We really get to work so it's hard on the steelers because of last year but uh we saw what they did in 2018 of course i was with antonio brown but um you know we we, we could see an uptick there for sure all right man i'm gonna get into mine here mine is matt Breida. um and disclaimer uh i love matt Breida. i said last year i made a bold prediction on the podcast before the season started i made two of them actually Before Jarek McKinnon went down, it was Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, and Matt Breida as the running backs. Raheem Moser didn't even exist at this point. This is way earlier last season. Before McKinnon went down, the day before he got fucking hurt, I think I hexed him, unfortunately. The day before he got hurt, I released a podcast and I said, bold prediction is Matt Breida outpaces Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman and becomes the number one running back for the 49ers at some point, and then he's an RB2 in fantasy the rest of the way. Jarek McKinnon got hurt the next day. I did the same podcast, (laughs) and I basically said the same thing, but for Raheem Mostert, and obviously that worked out because I love my man Mostert, but he was buried by four people. Matt Breida now goes to Miami and gets a great fresh start for him. The only concern with Matt Breida is injuries. He has been, unfortunately, LaShawn McCoy, seems to be made out of glass. He plays every game, but he leaves every game as well. Um, Last year with the 49ers, he was only able to get 123, carries 623 yards and one touchdown over 13 games. But we saw on Monday night football um, against the uh, week four, I believe it was, uh, he basically took an outside stretch for like 86 yards, 96 yards, something like that to the house. And he smoked every, it was the three miles an hour or something like that. So. Dude's got burners. I think as, as, as the bills are building to take over the AFC East, I think the dolphins are still a couple years out, but they're also building in the right direction, steady defense, building the offensive line, starting to figure out the quarterback situation brought in two fresh running back Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Jordan Howard, as I just mentioned, I think just gets a bad rap in fantasy because he's not a PPR guy and he's boring, but he's been very productive his four years in the NFL. Matt Breida, if he's the third down back or he gets early down work and he stays healthy, I think he could straight up be a value at some point. But because we don't know what's going on with this offense and because Jordan Howard's going to be – he should be the early down guy, Matt Breida I'm just a little bit concerned about. And, and frankly, if you get him later than this, I think Matt Breida could be in nice this little pit to stash on your bench as an RB4 to see what happens. But in the eighth round, I'd rather have James White, as I mentioned, Jerry Judy, Julian Edelman, uh, Drew Brees, if I'm going quarterback, Madison, Marlon Mack, and Ronald Jones. I'd rather take over Matt Breeda right now. All these wide receivers as well. Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson even. I'll take this whole round over Matt Breida, Um, and that's why I've got him as my fade here in the eighth round. So let's run through it one more time, man. Please break down your fade for each round, rounds one through eight.
0: Yep. So I went DeAndre Hopkins, the 109. uh, Both quarterbacks in round two. Uh, I said Odell is my my obvious answer. Um, I think I can't remember who the other. Or I guess Odell. And then I said like running backs, but you're not going to be able to say they are because they're going to be there uh, when the season comes around. Raheem Mostert, T. Y. Hilton, Gronk, Damien Williams, and Deontay Johnson.
1: Very call and i pretty much agree with you down the stretch but there's there's definitely a few that i might take a chance on all right mine were in the first round deandre hopkins as well second round todd Gurley. i think he's gonna have a great season um and i think he's actually gonna be a value in most drafts in the fourth or fifth round if he's getting faded but if you go running back heavy again he ends up being a second round pick that's way too expensive for me no thank you in the third round i went with Le'Veon bell i've made my case uh for the last two years frankly um Fourth round, I went with Devin Singletary. I just think Zach Moss is the truth. Fifth round, I'm with you. T.Y. Hilton was my fade there. Sixth round, Darius Geis. Loved the player. Not excited about the uh, situation. He needs to prove it to me before I'm taking a chance on him any more than I've already been burned. Hopefully, he's Dalvin Cook and that he finds his third-year wave, but we'll have to see it to believe it. Seventh round, I went with Sonny Michel. Just too many other weapons over there, and he just hasn't produced. He's trending in the wrong direction so far in his career. And then in the eighth round, I went with Matt Breida with Jordan Howard coming in and just not knowing what his role is going to be. All right, man, that wraps up the top eight rounds, rounds one through eight. These are fades for each round uh, with current ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator. On Tuesday, we're going to break down the rest of the draft board, rounds nine through 16, and we're going to do the same thing. If you haven't heard our first two episodes of the series with our favorite picks of the first uh, eight rounds and then the second eight rounds, make sure you check those out on Tuesday and Wednesday's episode. And before we get out of here, man, Lucas, please let everybody know again the condensed version of the draft guide and uh, make sure everybody is going to check out that draft guide. That's in the description below. There's a quick little tab. You can fill it out. Takes 30 seconds. Do it. Lucas, tell them what's in there for him.
0: Yep, so down below, um, and we'll put it out on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, is a link to the Google form to pre-order. You do not have to pay uh, today or whenever you're listening to this uh, or whenever you fill out the form, you don't have to pay. Uh, you will have to pay, obviously, before July 6th or on July 6th, before you get access to the draft guide. Uh, but pretty pretty self-explanatory. Just fill in the, the bubbles or the the multiple choice, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I think it's like favorite team and stuff. Just don't put the Browns or Odell or – yeah, make sure Never. you pick Odell. That's fine. But yeah, so just go fill that out. Um, and if you don't want to fill it out for whatever reason, that's okay. Just give us your email uh, and your preferred payment method. It's okay if you don't fill it out. Um, it just
1: makes it easier for us. But in in the end, we'll get it done. Um, so go fill that out. Yep. And we do appreciate. It. I mean, it literally. T- I know everybody always says that, but it literally takes a minute. Like, no shit. I mean, it's three. Bu- it's three bullets. We need your email address. We want to know your name, favorite team, just to get to kind of know you. And then we have a nice little uh, trivia question at the bottom, just between Lucas and I. So, give your vote there. But it takes just a couple minutes. Let us know how to get a hold of you, and we'll be thrilled to get you the draft guide. First ever TZK Pod draft guide um, coming out July sixth. Make sure you click the link in the bio and let us know. Make sure to also subscribe and leave a comment here on the YouTube. Let us know how you feel about our in each round here. Make sure you leave a rate and review on the podcast side. Make sure you share it to your friends and your family. We much appreciate you getting the word out. Word of mouth is always the strongest promotion, so we appreciate that. Follow us on Instagram at football underscore tckpod and on Twitter at pod. And please join our Facebook page as well on our Facebook group, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast page. This has been another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed this series. We're going to get into the last half of it on Tuesday of next week. We'll have more information on the draft guide and the TCK pod listener league. We hope you have a wonderful weekend, safe weekend, do what's best for yourself and each other. Take care of yourself and each other. And I hope you have a wonderful Thursday and rest of your weekend for Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco and we are out of here.
0: Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.